Hey, I'm Jesse. This is our final devotion to follow Easter 2022. And Jesus is in fact still risen. He is still risen. He is still risen indeed. Even if I don't say it for every devotion hereafter, you already know it's true. Every week is post-resurrection week. This is John's gospel, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain all the books that would be written. These are the closing words of John's gospel. And these are the final, chronologically, these are the final words of the gospels. When we look at Matthew's gospel, which contains Mark's gospel, compare it with John's gospel, and then Luke's compilation of gospel accounts through Peter and others, we see that these are the final words on the matter. All the while, if you were with us in our study of John, you already know this. And if, if that's you, you need to be reminded of this because I taught verse by verse through John for this exact reason, so that people would believe in Jesus and by believing, have life in his name. If you've been, if you've been off task in your evangelistic life, let this be the day that you renew your vigor and your devotion to the sharing of the gospel. If you weren't with us, you've got to go check out that book. It's absolutely phenomenal. It is an incredible account of the resurrection of Jesus. We also have a Bible study that we wrote on it, the Gospel of John for groups, how God lights our darkness. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's how our church launched, really. It's true. It's true. It's true. John's Gospel is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, and it was written so that people would believe, and by believing, they would have life in his name, and it accomplishes exactly this purpose. If you haven't studied the Gospel of John before, I'm going to spoil like the whole Gospel for you. John conceals his identity throughout the Gospel, and he refers to this guy as the disciple whom Jesus loved, and then it's revealed at the very end that he's that disciple. It's revealed really right here that he is that disciple. He performed numerous signs. Jesus performed numerous signs, and John's saying here, that look, this was not an exhaustive account. There were numerous other miracles. In fact, it's so exhaustive, it's so tremendous that all the books in the world couldn't contain an account for all of the miracles of Jesus. And this is why the Gospel of John contains miracles that beget miracles today. The Gospel of John, in that regard, if you were to look at it as a repository of miracles brought about by Jesus' ministry, it's constantly growing. Right? Every few minutes, somebody somewhere gives his or her life to Jesus Christ and the account grows. This is my interpretation. I believe that when somebody gives their life to Christ, that's a miracle of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it's attributed in large part, especially in our context, largely Gentile contexts, to the Gospel of John. And thus it is growing. I'm one of these. I remember the Gospel of John. I was six years old, but the Lord used it to convert me. I became deeply convicted for my sin. I believed wholeheartedly that this was true by the drawing of the Holy Spirit, and I've devoted my whole life to exactly this. When you give your life to Christ, you are yet another miracle then of the Gospel of John's, and you prove that it is indeed efficacious. It's written so that people would believe, and it still has that effect today. 
of the four gospels, Matthew was written to a largely Jewish audience. Mark's gospel echoes this. Mark's gospel opens up even with this reference to the, the prophet Isaiah. Jesus is reading from Isaiah and he's saying, today this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. Do you remember earlier this week when we, we saw Jesus show himself in Luke 24, verses 44 through 49 to be the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and the Psalms? Jesus opens up Isaiah at the beginning of Mark's gospel and shows himself to be a fulfillment of it. He's speaking to a Jewish audience in that context. So Matthew and Mark are gospels written to Jews. When I've shared the gospel with Jews, I start with Matthew. John's gospel is unique. John starts off reaching Gentiles where they are as the, as the ones who are the intellectual descendants of Alexander the Great's conquest having been taught by and uh, having been a student of Aristotle, they're all looking for the Logos because Aristotle was looking for the Logos. And then John's gospel opens up like, I got your Logos right here. His name is Jesus. In the beginning was the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. And without him, not one thing was made that has been made. In him was life. That life was the light of men. That light shines in the dark and the darkness has not overcome it. That's how John's gospel opens. This is how John's gospel ends. I'm sure there are many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. May you carry the light that shines in the darkness forward. Do whatever it takes to get somebody to read John's gospel with you. This is the most effective evangelistic tool that I've seen inviting them in to just see what it looks like. Just try the Bible on for size. Start with John's gospel, unless the person you're sharing the gospel with is of, uh, you know, is, is devoted wholeheartedly to Judaism, invite them to read John's gospel. If they're a devout Jew, take them to Matthew, but take them to John and do whatever it takes to keep them on task. If you've got a trade reading assignments, do it. I've read the Satanic Bible. I've read everything that Ayn Rand's ever written. I've read Dawkins, I've read Hawking, I've read Harris. I've read them all just to get my friend to read John. And it is amazing to behold as they go through this, the Holy Spirit enables them to understand the scripture. And then exactly what is written at the close of John comes true before your very eyes. It's why it was written so that they would believe and you can watch them take on life in his name. This is the purpose of the Gospel of John. This is the ministry we have inherited because of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus resurrected, so what? So this, this is your ministry. What higher calling could there be than this? Jesse, I'm not trained in evangelism. Go through our series on evangelism. I'm not trained in apologetics. Go through our series on apologetics. You don't need much, honestly. The Gospel of John, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is the one who does all of the work here. I'm telling you, man, this is it. This is the reason that I exist. This is the highest purpose for my life, to take people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. John did it. The Holy Spirit of God accomplished it. Exactly what this book says that it will do, it does today. It's lost none of its potency. So run, don't walk, find your skeptical friend, trade reading assignments, buy them a Bible, say the coffee's on you, set up a weekly time to go through the Gospel of John, or whatever it takes to get them to read the Gospel of John, just invite them in and let the Holy Spirit do all, absolutely all of the work. And then you are blessed with the front row seat to watch a miracle take place, a miracle such as what is described 
right here at the ending of the Gospel of John.